it's easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. Welcome in, welcome back. Pull up a seat, pull up a chair, get comfy. We're going to have a great time tonight on the OHIO podcast. I am your host on this ride. I am Buckeye Boggs, a.k.a. Eric Boggs. That guy over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds, also known as Marion's Girl Scout Cookie Pusher. A little bit, a little bit. I'll tell you what. I, hey, all I'm doing is working out at the Ohio State store. If the girls happen to be in the parking lot and I happen to go out and try to encourage a few people to buy, you know, you know that's that might be, but you know. Now the question is, Chris, you've lost a lot of weight over the last year and a half, um, two years. I have. How many Girl Scout cookies have you snuck? I have had to, this year so far, I've had a total of four cookies. That's it. Four cookies. Not, not four boxes. Four cookies. I would have. I, I would have hammered that already. Yeah. I've had like had like two of the adventure fulls. I had a dosy dough, and I had a s'more. That's all I've had. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Ryan Wickerman says he's back. What up, brothers? Welcome in tonight, Ryan, our buddy uh, Don Hoffer. Awesome marketing. <laughs> You're welcome, Don. Um, so if you're watching this and you're in Marion County, go out to the Ohio State store in lots more next week and buy yourself some Girl Scout cookies, right? I, I mean, expect to see you out there, Eric. No, I, As I, I recall, you saw, went at something like 2,500 boxes, isn't yeah, that? Yeah, but you, you, didn't, you didn't turn left off of 23 North when you were heading back and come on over to Lexington Boulevard. So. Hey, I'll, I'll follow the back of the truck right now. I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> we, have, we have Kirk Barton, former... Ohio State Buckeye, uh, host of uh, uh, Buckeye Scoop, Kirk Barton, going to join us as our special guest for the second part of the show. Looking forward to that. Former All-American, I might add. Got a tree in Buckeye Grove. First All-American we've ever had. Yeah. Um, so that's that's cool. Uh, we've got good evening from a Facebook user. So I'm, I'm, be- I'm guessing, Chris, that if you're watching this on the Facebook fan page, it doesn't yes. let us know who you are. Right. Uh, if you watch it from our business page, which is facebook.com backslash the Ohio podcast, the OHIO podcast, it, there it will let us know who your name is, or on YouTube, obviously, actually. And on YouTube, it actually lets your uh, picture and logo uh, be seen. So, But, hey, good evening to you as well. We're so glad that you're watching. 
Um, let us know who you are, by the way. Um, so we got some different things tonight. We're going to talk Trestle, which is one of my favorite people to talk about. But we are going to do a little bit of recruiting talk, and we're going to do something different than we've never done before, Chris. We are actually going to watch in real time uh, together, you and I, along with the audience, the highlight film for one of 2024's biggest recruits in the country. and happens to be the number one running back from the state of Ohio in the class of 2024, Mr. Jordan Marshall from Archbishop Moeller. Uh, Catholic High School down in Cincinnati, Ohio. He is uh, a big-time recruit. And when you yes. watch this highlight film, you're going to see why. Um, and, and Chris and I are going to re- we're going to respond to that highlight film. We're going to let you respond to that highlight, highlight film. Um, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast uh, on Monday morning or Tuesday, whenever you happen to listen to this through Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, or right there on... Uh, uh, on the Scarlet and Game uh, webpage, um, we're going to edit that portion out because obviously it doesn't make for good audio podcasting. This is a visual medium. However, we do want to invite you to go to our YouTube page at The Ohio Podcast, and there you can actually watch this portion. You can actually watch the whole live show if you want. And it's worth watching. Not just it the show, is. but this kid's highlight reel is worth watching. Yeah, so we're going to do that right now. So if you're listening to this, don't worry. We're going to cut this portion out. And we're going to come right back and talk about Jim Trestle for you all. But here we go, guys. This is what we're going to do. We ho- I hope this works. So here we go, Chris. Let's see what happens here. So um, did it change for you, Chris? I hope that you now can see it. I cannot. Oh, no. Did it well, I'll tell work? you what, Eric. How about if while you're working on that, I will go ahead and give people a little bit of background on Jordan Marshall. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, so Jordan Marshall is a 5'11", 193-pound four-star running back from Archbishop Muller High School in Cincinnati. Uh, the 247 Sports Composite has Marshall ranked as the 83rd best player in the nation for the 2024 recruiting cycle. He's seventh best among the running backs and fourth best uh, recruit from the state of Ohio. Uh, and Eric, I see this kid as a must-get for Ryan Day. I really do. Uh, not only are we losing the recruiting battle a little bit right now in 2024 within our own borders, but we we didn't get a running back for the 2023 cycle. And we currently don't have one for 2024. And while Dallin Hayden has showed, shown a lot of potential, uh, you know, we saw the need for depth in that running back room this past season. So uh, we're likely going to be without Mayim Williams and Travion Henderson both after, that, after this season. So, uh, you know, we really, really need to focus on getting this young man. And he is very, very talented. He really is. Uh, real quick, if, if, if you guys can see the video, let us know. If you cannot see the highlight video that is playing, uh, let us know. Chris says he can't see it, which probably means you all, you guys can't see it either. But if one of you could let me know in the chat right now who are watching, uh, if you can see Jordan Marshall's highlight video, let me know. Um because uh, I, I don't, I, it, it shows me that it's playing, Chris. Um, so Don Hoffer actually responds here. Yeah, they can see it. Cool. All right. Okay, super, super. So that, so they can see, looks like maybe you guys can see it, uh, even you, Eric, but I can't. But that's okay, because I'll tell you what, I watched this video already, and I love this kid. I mean, and, and Don Hoffer just said it. This kid looks like 
a combination of a Beanie Wells and a Boom Heron, you know? Yeah. And I agree, you know, he's in, in high school, he had 1,961 yards, 30 touchdowns as a junior there at Moeller, had four receiving touchdowns as well. I think he sees the field very well. He hits the hole hard, excellent burst, really good speed. I love the hips and the feet. He can change direction really, really well. Uh, you know, he has the great speed to run to the outside, but he's got that power to go between the tackles. And yes. he can break tackles and throw people off. This guy has some strength. Yeah. He's uh, got that J.K. Dobbins jump cut down. Yes. I love that thing. I think there's, as far as picking up extra yards or breaking into the open field when maybe it doesn't look like you can do that, that might be one of the most uh, explosive moves a running back can use today. Um, if you can't run through people or run over people or just run by people with pure speed, you're going to need some shiftiness. He's got that. I love his low center of gravity. He yes. he is he's he's not very tall, so he's kind of hidden in that backfield. stays stands behind those uh, big linemen, those big trees up front, and then bursts through the hole. And before you know it, he's gone. So it's hard to tackle what you can't see. Okay? And not only does he have that low center of gravity like you're talking, Eric, but if you watch. He gets those shoulder pads low as well. He he takes himself even lower uh, on, on occasion, especially when he's trying to get those power runs. He just is a force. He's got decent hands. You just saw right there the little screen pass. He's got some decent hands. Obviously, a lot of running backs in the high school level can work on their passing uh, or receiving, but there you see another one on a screen. Um, and, again, he's just he's so shifty and – I like to use the word greasy for a running back. You yeah. can get your hand on him, but it seems like you can't bring him down. Um, he's got some of that greasiness about him. Um, I think this is really, really important for a couple reasons, Chris, as we continue to watch this highlight video. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it. Um, the 2024 recruiting class in the state of Ohio is the best recruiting class we have had in the state in well over a decade maybe longer the the amount of division one power five talent in this class um it's 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 more than we've seen in a long time put it to you it is way. but it's kind of scarier because we've already lost four of the top 12 recruits to that team up north uh you know we lost the best edge rusher the two top offensive tackles and the top defensive tackle of that team up north our best tight end is headed to LSU. So I think this is important. This is not good. So if you follow recruiting, here you have the dream class if you're Ohio State and saying we can get over half the class right here from the state of Ohio. One of the things we argue about all the time is you have to understand the rivalry. Yes. Who understands the rivalry better than kids who were born and bred in it? Um, it upsets me that four kids have already gone to the state up north. Um, at least I thought there was two and there was two more leans. Is, is it four committed now for sure? Uh, from what I saw on 247, it looks like there are four committed. The, um, I believe it was three, four, 12, and 13. That's not, not good, mistaken. man. Or three... No, I'm sorry, three, maybe it was three, six, because number four is actually Jordan Marshall. So right. I think it was maybe three, six, 
12 and 13. This is this is not good. Um, now, that doesn't mean that we can't swoop back in and get them. Okay. Right. Absolutely. We still have time to fix this. But you're off to a bad start if you're Ryan Day. And and I'm not dogging the 2023 recruiting class. I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good, actually. I, yeah. Um, was it as good as what he's done in the past? It's not. And, and there's a problem we have right now. And, and you and I have talked about this. And quite frankly, we need to talk about it some more. All, most of our five stars are what, Chris? Wide receivers. They're all in one room. Yeah. You you've got to have if you're gonna if you're gonna count stars, which when you when you talk about recruiting, we should, because you go back and look at the teams with the most five stars historically: Alabama, Georgia, right? Right. Those are the teams that are in the playoffs the most. Those are the teams that have won the most national championships lately. Stars matter. Yes. If you're gonna compete with those guys, then you're gonna have to recruit with those guys. And we are definitely on the wide receiver level, but we're not at the other positions. So, well, I would get dead at the quarterback level we're there as well, Eric. I mean, at least we have been the last few years. But we haven't been able to keep some of them, though. It's the problem in right. the last couple of years, you know. Right. So, and, and I understand it. The transfer portal giveth, the transfer portal taketh away. That was basically the theme of our show last week. But when we look at what we have, in our own state, in our own border, you've got to lock that up. It yes. used to be, and we're about to talk about a gentleman here in a, in a few minutes who named Jim Tressel, whose philosophy when it came to recruiting was locking down the state of Ohio. Right. Making sure you took care of your own border, right? And unfortunately, Chris, Ryan Day seems to not be doing that. Now, Urban Meyer's philosophy was, I'm going to go get the best players everywhere, no matter where they are. If they happen to be in Ohio, great. If they're in Florida, great. If they're in Texas, great. He didn't care. Well, if Ryan Day is taking that philosophy a little bit, it's not going as well. Can can I make a comment here, though, Eric? You talked about it. Jim Trussell recruited Ohio really well. Urban Meyer recruited the best athletes, but Urban Meyer was an Ohio guy. Ryan Day is not an Ohio guy, and he is recruiting everywhere. And don't get me wrong. I think as a recruiter or as a team, Ohio State does a fine job recruiting. I think they do a very good job recruiting. But like you said, we've got to spread it around and we do. We have to get back to recruiting Ohio because, as we've seen in the rivalry historically, I think we'll find as we go back and look through history, he who wins Ohio wins the rivalry. It sure feels that way, doesn't it? Um, yeah. When when they when when that team up north is at its best, it's at its best with Ohio guys. Desmond Howard, you know, perfect example. Yeah. So so we have. We have to win Ohio. And if we're not even going to win our own state in recruiting, right. this is a bad, bad omen, guys. So I have circled this gentleman whose highlight video we are watching as it, as it wraps up right now, Jordan Marshall. We have to win this recruiting battle. There are four schools. He's narrowed his list down to four schools. They are Ohio State, the team up north, Wisconsin, and Tennessee. And Chris... 
you told me before we started recruiting, you're worried about Tennessee winning this one. Well, I'm worried about Tennessee because Tennessee's throwing around that NIL money almost to the extent that A&M is. And then, you know, you can't count up out Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh has made this kid a priority from what I'm hearing. He wants this kid bad. And, hey, let, let's not forget, Luke Fickle was coaching in this kid's hometown a year ago, mm-hmm. less than a year ago. I'm sure some relationship, relationships were built there. And I'll tell you what, running backs and Wisconsin have been synonymous for or have been synonymous for a lot of years. Yes. Where yeah. th- this would be a great coup for, for Luke Fickle. So Ryan day and his team has to attack this. They have to go on the offensive and nail this kid down and get him into Columbus. Because if not, you look, he's going to come back to haunt you. I truly feel that. Larry Daniels says Ohio is key. Every kid naturally want OSU first. Uh, every kid should naturally want OSU first. To neglect them starts a very bad precedent. Yes. Unfortunately, okay. it's not starting anything. We've we've had this precedent for a while now, off and on. Um. Here's here's I'm going to respond to Larry's uh, comment like this. The last two years, who's won the game? Right. There's a, there is Jim Harbaugh can walk into these uh, end of this house. Uh, I think that's it. That's all we had there. Jim Harbaugh can walk into their house and say, I, I'm, I've won the last two. And I know we can try to negative recruit him by going in and saying, yeah, but he's flirting around with the NFL too much. But you got it, Don. Don is exactly right. There it is. Winning matters. Winning matters. That's right. And, it really and, does. And, and let's right, not forget, Harbaugh's an Ohio kid. He was an Ohio kid. From Toledo. Born in, yeah. born in Toledo. So when we when we look at that and we see this, what's going on, these trends, we need to be concerned, I think, as Buckeye fans. Absolutely. Because if this class gets away from Ryan Day, it could set us back quite a few years. Now, the last couple of years, Michigan's not had good recruiting classes. They're off to a pretty good start in 2024. Yeah. So... Um, and they've been playing the transfer portal better than we have, if you've been paying attention to that as well. So the, the, the rivalry's on. Remember I said two years ago, Chris, the day after we got beat uh, in Ann Arbor. I said the rivalry's back on. They, they, they've got a leg up in the rivalry right now. And, and I'll tell they, you what, if we don't get a leg back up real quick, this could get very ugly. This could be, and, and I know I've mentioned it before, Eric, this could become Cooper-esque. So when it comes to Jordan Marshall, we need to make sure you pay attention to this because we've already lost the momentum with quite a few good recruits. Yes. If we lose this guy, I think you have – the rest of the state's kind of going to go, hmm, what's really yeah. going on here? So pay attention to that one, okay? All right, let's go ahead to our next topic. Chris, Jim Tressel. What is his legacy? He just retired as the president of Youngstown State this past month. Um, he did a great job there. Uh, obviously, people love him big time in Youngstown State, uh, not only for the job he did as president, but as the head coach when he was there winning national championships with the Penguins uh, before becoming a Buckeye. What is his legacy going to be? We do have that black eye a little bit from the end of his tenure. 
He never coached another college game again. I don't think he coached a, as a head coach, coached a game ever again. No. Um, no, I believe he served as some type of an analyst or advisor with the Indianapolis Colts at one point. But that's it. I don't think he ever stepped back on the field as a coach again. And, uh, you know, you, you look at Trussell, 106 and 22 as a head coach. From 2001 to 2011, he brought home seven conference titles, had a six and four bowl record, three national championship games, and a national title. You know, Eric, more importantly, I also consider Trussell the guy who righted the ship when it came to the rivalry. And I love Trussell from the first moment he was there. Now, I knew a little bit about him from Youngstown State because I lived up in that area um, just prior to him coming back down here. Um, so I, I'd had a little bit of knowledge of who Jim Trussell was and what he was capable of. Um, but you look, coming off the Cooper years, when we were 3-8 and eight in bowl games, 2-10-1 versus that team up north, you know, Trussell come in, came in and he, he just made us believe. From the first moment he picked up that microphone, and he basically came out and said, you know what? We're taking this rivalry back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to give you a reason to be proud uh, of your team and of your students and of the state. And I in think the he classroom, did a great, uh, in yep. the community, and in 300 and uh, f- 55 days or something like that. Yeah, 310 days or something like that. Days, yeah, 310 days. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, yeah. on the football yeah. field. Yeah. And, and he backed up his words. I mean, you look at the guy. Uh, he ended up, uh, what was it, 9-1 uh, nine, nine versus that team up north, correct? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I or, Well, they took one away, but. Yeah. yeah. So, eight, I mean. 8-1 is his official. He backed up everything he said. And I love the guy. He was, he was a player's coach. I think he fell on a sword to save the players and save the program from humiliation and scandal. Um, even though there was still some of that, I think had he stayed, it would have been worse. Uh, so I think he, you know, he had an obvious love for this team, for the university. And it was very tragic the way that things ended for Trestle because I believe ultimately his leg legacy was somewhat damaged by the indiscretion of a few student athletes. And Eric, I'm not going to go down that road because it's very well documented on this show just how I feel about those players and their place on or in Ohio State history. Um, despite their talent, I, I am very, very disappointed at the way things rolled out with Tattoo Gate. Um, yeah, we've, we've, we've discussed that in the past before, yeah. Chris, about whether those players should get their. Um, Oh, should get get those games put, you know, taken back. Uh, get those games back. And, and you uh, can't do it, Eric, because the fact is, I, I disagree with you on that one, man. At I, the time, it was illegal. They knew it was illegal. They broke the rules. They gave themselves and the university a black eye, and they disgraced themselves, the university. And I have no compassion for those young men whatsoever. Totally disagree with you, because Chris. I don't want to rehash this all out again, but if but you're you, going to, I am. And what they did then is is a drop in the butt. Like it's almost applauded today by the NCAA. It is, but you know what? That's today, 
And when this happened, it was illegal. They broke the rules. Like it or not, they broke the rules. They knew the rules. They broke the rules. They need to pay. Don Hopper says, his legacy for me was a man who placed value in the student. Student athlete. He brought back a polite swagger in the Michigan rivalry. Unfortunately, like Woody, his career ended in controversy. That seems to be an Ohio State trend. Well, yes, I guess you could say that. Uh, um, Woody's tenure at the end, though, had more to do with what he was going through with his mental health, Chris. Yes. Um, that again was so small and my minute for Trestle, um, and and Urban, Urban's Urban. I mean, you know, it, it it's it's one of those things where whether you believe in the health that he's got, the issues with the health, or uh, another desire he has, I I I genuinely think Urban Chris is is honest when it when it comes to those things. I really I do. don't disagree. Uh, but but you just look, um, you know, and, and you you talk about what is Trestle's legacy. You know, I think we've got a 2A, 2B conversation here. Because if you look, you know, and, and we compare him to Urban. If you look at these guys, it's such an interesting dynamic if you compare, compare Trestle to Urban. I mean, obviously Woody's our number one. But you look at Trestle versus Urban, such an interesting dynamic. Both coaches took over troubled teams at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Both coaches left amid controversy. Mm-hmm. Both coaches have a national championship on their resume. Both had great success versus that team up north. Both have an undefeated season to their credit. Urban, you know, 83 and 9 in seven years, 5 and 2 in bowl games, slightly better winning percentages on the regular season versus that team up north and in the postseason than what Trestle had. I also think, if not for a nightmare, again, not to rehash bad memories, but if not for a self-imposed mandate, Urban has two national titles. I truly believe that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, to his credit. I feel like Urban left the, sh- the program in a little bit better shape than what Trestle did. Uh, not that it was necessarily Urban's or, or Trestle's fault, but, you know, Urban left a... Ryan Day is a solid successor. Um... You know, Trestle, you know, the, the reins went over to Luke Fickle, who at the time was very young and had put in a position that was almost impossible for him, him to succeed in. So I think that when Urban left the program, it was in slightly better shape. Um, I struggle exactly with who is number two between these guys. I feel, as, as I said, it's a 2A, 2B situation. If you look at the whole body of work as a college coach, you know, even if you go there, both are multi-national champions, uh, multiple-time national champions, even though Urban did it on a bigger stage. My mind tells me to say Urban is number two. The stats don't lie. My heart says, you know, I gotta, I gotta give it to Tress a little oh, bit. Oh, I'm going, I'm going Tress all day long. He, he brought this team out of the darkness that was the Cooper years. He gave you, us hope. You know my love for the sweater vest, man. I, I do. It, it runs deep. Like I do. Like, if if there was like. Like if you said, "Hey, you get to have dinner with two people," like it could be in the past, it could be in the present. Like two people, I'm picking Jesus Christ and Jim Tressel. What a conversation that would be, man. Uh, Larry Daniel says, "What would happen today in a similar incident when talking about Tattoo Gate, uh, or would it never happen with NIL? It wouldn't even happen." It, no, it it's would, not even an incident. No, at this point. 
Real quick, guys, before we go to commercial break, our guest, Kirk Barton, is with is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. But I got to ask, I got to know, I want your guys' opinion real quick. You're the AD of Ohio State, and you have to choose between Jim Tressel and his prime, Urban Meyer and his prime. Who are you going to pick between those two? Let us know in the comments uh, right now. I, I, we need to know if you're watching YouTube, Facebook. Let us know real quick before we go to commercial. Urban or Trestle, which one are you going to choose? I'm choosing Jim Trestle. But I'm taking that... Trestle as well, Eric. Okay, great. Then stop stop hating on my boy. I'm not hating. I'm just being a realist. Come on. Uh, I would say if your program was in shambles, Urban would get you to the top faster. Yes. But, oh, here we go. I don't know. Y'all are getting some. Paul Buckeye, he says Urban. Paul Buckeye disagrees with me. He says Urban. Larry Daniels, uh, he's going with Trestle, much more of a gentleman. But you see, he is I, a good guy. He's a great guy, but to me, that does, at the end of the day, it's about no. W's. You look it's at Urban, W's. He, you look at Urban, you look at uh, Nick Saban's not exactly a great guy, but he's got a lot of hardware. Yeah. Well, we give him the nickname Nick Satan for a reason on this show. Uh, but, yeah, Urban, we got one for Urban, one for Trestle. Uh, you keep putting those comments b uh, below on who you would be, who you would choose if you were AD. Uh, starting tomorrow between those two guys. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, uh, we've got Don Hoffer says, Trestle for the students. There you go, Don. <laughs> Very good. We're going to go to quick commercial break. When we come back, our guests will be with us. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. That one. All right, guys, we're back from commercial break, and here he is, man, the All-American himself, Kirk Barton. Kirk, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate that. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, let's chime right in, man, because you know these guys better than Chris and I do. You play, you were recruited by, played for, sweater vest himself, Jim Tressel. You coach with Urban Meyer. What are you going to do? I know they're, they're very different people. They're very both very successful. But you are the AD of Ohio State tomorrow, and you had to choose between one of those two. But you said both in their prime? Yeah, both in their prime. I'd probably go Urban just because of NIL. And Urban has a way of not taking no for an answer. And you got to understand, Jim Trestle's like my dad. I actually texted him when you said you have dinner with him and Jesus Christ. I think that was pretty funny because I was like, I told I texted that to trust the socks. I was asking if he is still up here because he just he just re, um, retired at Youngstown, so I'm not right. sure if, he, if he's down to Siesta Key yet or not. Um, with Alan, because Alan's a big golfer, so that she stays down there a lot more than he does. But I think he's down there for good now. I think he's out of Youngstown. But I um, you know, Urban, um, two different guys. Obviously, you know, I think you guys are on point when you talk about Trussell uh, resurrecting the program. Uh, it was in a dark place in, you know, 99, 2000. Uh, and the funny thing is, is in 01, there wasn't much of a change. It's seven and five. Then obviously that 02 team, you know, caught the, the hearts and minds of Ohio people forever because we hadn't won a title in anything in a long time. So to beat the Hurricanes and, 
you know, it's it's always been kind of like the state school that everybody wraps everywhere they go. People go on vacation, they wear their Ohio State stuff um, so they could puff their chest out a little bit after we beat the Miami Hurricanes. And, you know, Chess is just, he's one of the, the finest gentlemen, one of the greatest human beings, one of the greatest coach. I mean, just, you know, everything you could ever want, you know, the only differences between him and Urban, Urban is a little more um, demanding. He's a lot more demanding. He doesn't take no for an answer. He doesn't. You know, so again, in this NIL fundraising world, you know, I I I think Trust would do it, but you know, the the, the biggest difference with Urban and Trust is just the national recruiting um, that Urban really strove for. It was uh, something that has changed dramatically, and I th I think Coach Trust would have adapted to it, but we can't just take twenty kids from Ohio like we used to. Like we didn't, you know, that O two class we got. You know, Mike DeAndre, Troy Smith, uh, Maurice Claret, Rob Sims, Nick Mangold, A.J. Hawk, Bobby. I mean, first rounders, Heisman Trophy winners, uh, really every position, maybe the best running back to ever play here for that one year. Um, you know, I mean, and they're all from Ohio. And now the, the the talent just isn't here like it used to be. So you have to go into Georgia. You have to go into Florida. You have to go into Texas. Um and I think that Urban, you know, really was ahead of his time in terms of the aggression on the recruiting trail. And I'm not sure, and, and I love Coach Trussell, but, you know, some of these committable, non-committable offers, some of the stuff that these guys do now, I don't know if that's his style or his speed, but it, it's kind of a, a slimy game now in recruiting, but this mm -hmm. is kind of the way it is. And with NIL, it's never been worse. So Let's talk, let's talk about recruiting real quick because yeah. over at Buckeye Scoop, you guys follow this a lot religiously you guys put out a lot of good content with that the 2024 recruiting class in the state of ohio is pretty doggone good it, it, i yep. think it might be one of the best ones we've had in well over a decade and it doesn't look like it's we're off to a good start can you calm me down a little bit you would know more than me <laughs> well i i think that it's kind of done we'll get the three linemen we'll get the armstrong twins we'll get mark nave out of toledo central catholic I think, you know, you got to recruit the two corners that are outstanding, but you're going to get, you're going to end up getting Aaron Scott and, and Bryce West out of Glenville. Um, you know, the rest of it, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I know that, you know, I, I was in Naples uh, two weeks ago, or it was actually last weekend, saw JJ Smith, talked to him for a long time, talked to his dad for a long time. So any recruiting class that starts with JJ Smith makes me extremely excited because he is a, he is not only a, a, a really freak, uh, you know, freak of nature type talent, but he's such a great kid. He's so humble. He's so focused. He's a grinder. I, I interviewed him and I said, you know, what can Ohio state, like the Ohio state supporters, cause I don't like to use the word fans. I like to use the word supporters. Cause you guys, the people that, that support the program, support the program. Um, what can they expect out of you? And he's like, you know, I'm going to be quiet. All I'm going to do is work. Uh, I want to be, go hard in the classroom, go hard on the field. Uh, and just let my my ability and play speak for itself, which I mean, for a receiver, that's about as you know good of an answer as you can get. Um, and JoJo Trader was on that seven on seventeen, the South Florida Express, and I think JoJo, if he played safety, he might be you know Ed Reed. I mean, he was unbelievable in a seven on seven tournament. He had about five picks in four games, and seven on seven is a short field, so you're not getting right. sixty five yard moon balls to run under. Like he's like breaking and plucking the ball and. He's a kid that we're going to be in a fist fight for because of NIL, but I, I think we have a good shot at landing JoJo as well. Let's talk about NIL. I mean, obviously that didn't exist when you were playing. Uh, I'm sure you mm. would have liked that. <laughs> every, every, every former player I've ever talked to, they all say, I wish that would have been there. Um, it's changed the game quite a bit. 
And as fans, we are we panic a lot. I mean, or, or as, as supporters, as you say, we panic. Yeah. Are we in a good place? Are, are we going to be in a better place? I've heard a lot of, hey, we're getting there. We might be a step behind some of the bigger programs. Are we, are we good? I think we're in a great place, honestly. Okay. And I know that's going to shock people and people are going to fall off their chairs. But, you know, it's it's the early movers didn't get great returns on paying kids up front. Uh, you know, you got a lot of charlatans out there that are kind of, you know, promising a lot. They don't deliver it. Uh, I think that the kids getting a little extra money doesn't hurt. Personally, I don't like it because I liked when we were all just poor and we all kind of had the same things. Like that's kind of the nice thing about college is you got to go dig through your couch and get quarters to make, to go get a large pizza from Asiaticos or whatever, which I did. Um, you know, cause now, you know, guys are driving G wagons and Porsches and stuff. And it's like, I just kind of miss the olden days when everybody kind of had crappy cars and yeah, you know, some guys had a little bit nicer stuff than others, but it was all pretty equal. You know, now it's like, you know, there's guys, you know, like CJ Stroud went to the Super Bowl and sat in a luxury suite last year for the Rams game. And again, that's fine because he's CJ Stroud. But I worry about the mental state of some of these kids that maybe don't get a deal or they think they should get a deal or a guy that's, you know, at a less glamorous position, namely offensive line, where they don't get, right. you, know, you can be a first team All American. You know, and, and Paris Johnson actually did really well, but, you know, Dewan got a couple little tiny deals, but, you know, he's, potentially be a first round pick and obviously that'll that'll cash in when it happens but you know there's guys that are freshmen that don't play at all that have new cars and there's guys that are freshmen that have an il deal so it's i don't know like i again it, there's no putting closing pandora's box at this point um i think that you know our strategy of you know we pay these kids when we get here because carnell tate got a nice deal jelani thurman got a nice deal um you, you take care of the guys here the good thing about columbus is there's a lot of companies that love ohio state and you know ohio state can be tough to deal with as a university sometimes in terms of fundraising and you know it's really expensive to to get a sponsorship with the university so the next best thing you do is get a sponsorship with the players because that'll cost you 10 percent of what it'll cost to deal directly with ohio state and you know i think that that's the uh the strategy that a lot of companies are starting to to get onto. and but i think our i think we're fine with an aisle i know people think that it's Oh my God! Texas A&M is going to buy everybody, and Miami is going to buy everybody. And Florida. I mean, it's cost us maybe Mark Fletcher. It cost us because he went to the U and he got a pretty good NIL deal. But that's going to happen, you know. And, and if a kid wants to go to Miami, which has been an absolute train wreck of a of a institution really since we beat them, I mean, good luck, you know. I mean, I'm glad that he got the upfront because Mark's a great kid, and I'm glad that he got the upfront money, but. Man, I mean, you don't know who your coach is going to be in two, three years. I mean, they've got revolving doors as their head coach, and I know they gave uh, they gave Mario Cristobal a huge deal, but you know, it's this—I uh, mean, the stability of Ohio State is something that's really attractive. Like Brian Hartline being the OC now, he's making a million seven, so he's not really itching to go somewhere unless he gets a humongous job offer. Ryan Day seems comfortable; he's young, uh, it makes great money, big extension. So you seem there's seemingly some stability at the top. And I think a lot of these kids, you know, they want to be developed and they want stability. And you know, our, our NIL is our NFL draft, you know, capital that we can show off when we show Garrett and Chris Olave and Paris Johnson and CJ Stroud, basically players from every position on the team are, are first round picks. You know, we've had corners go first, linebackers, defensive ends. So that is a lot more attractive than NIL, in my opinion. Uh, Paul Buckeye says, side with me, Kirk. 
he did. So there you go. He he chose Urban there. So there you appreciate go. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Paul. <laughs> All right. So um, let's talk about you a little bit. You're a high school kid in Northeast Ohio. Yep. Jim Tressel comes knocking on your door. Tell me, tell me your recruiting story, man. How'd you end up being a Buckeye? Man, it was. You know, I, I don't have a lot of uh, patience for kids that are they feel slighted because they didn't get offered by their junior. I was offered in December of my senior year, so I was one of the last guys in the class. I was a guy that was getting ready to go visit Northwestern. I had an offer from Stanford. I was going to go visit Stanford, um, Purdue. I didn't really want to go to Stanford, but it's Stanford. And it's a free scholarship, so I mean, you got to at least go look at it. Um, Ohio State. I'd camped there. I'd done really well at camp. Um, felt like I earned an offer. I, I tested really well, jumped really high, you know, did really well in the one-on-one pass rush drills that they love in those camps. And, uh, you know, I had a good senior year. I played tight end, which is different than obviously tackle, uh, but I was fully willing to become a tackle and devote myself to it. And, you know, I just kind of, they kind of kept me warm. And it was funny at the Ohio State Michigan game in 02 when we wanted to go to the festival. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't really know who to, I mean, I was rooting for Ohio State, but it's just like, you know, both those schools were kind of slow playing me. So, I felt at the time there's a chance I could end up at Michigan, which is weird. Um, I didn't want to go to Michigan, obviously, but you know, if, if Ohio State doesn't offer you, there's a lot of kids that they in Ohio that sadly have to make that choice. I mean, I probably honestly would have gone to Stanford because I, I really was kind of catching that that itch. But you know, trust. You know, they finally came along uh, as like early December, and I was supposed to go visit Northwestern um, that weekend, and my head coach Keith Wayfield, who's like my he's like my dad, one of the greatest guys in the world. Him and trust are kind of like my dad. Um, went to Tress and said, hey, are you going to offer Bart? Because he's ready. He's getting ready to commit somewhere um, in the next couple of weeks and get it over with. And and Tress, it was funny because Tress said, I told Jim Bowen to offer him months ago. And I was like, I was like, you guys want to offer me months ago? I could have commit. Because I mean, you know, when they offered me, you know, it was a small class. We only had about 18 guys in our class. We only, and I was the only offensive lineman that they took. They'd offered some, but they went to other places. And man, when they, when he said that they were offering me a full scholarship, I was like, I'm I'm, I was like, I literally told my coach, I said, tell him I'm coming. I'm done. Cause I, I hated recruiting. I hate the pomp and circumstance circumstance. Like I don't, I don't like to be traveling and doing visits. Like I don't, you know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's so bad how it is now, how these kids want to go see everywhere and do everything and wear every Jersey and do photo shoots. But I hated all of that. I just wanted to go to Ohio state. And, and when they offered me, you know, I went home, talked to my mom. I said, I'm going to Ohio state, called them committed. And it was over. And it was funny because I kept it silent, but of course I didn't realize how the media worked back then. And my phone got blown up by, you know, the, the usuals, Bill Karelik and, and all the guys that work for all the, the, the publishing things. And it yeah. was, it was crazy because it got leaked, but I didn't know that it got leaked, but it was in the paper the next day. And I didn't really tell that many people. I told like my mom and sister and family, but you know, it just, it's like, it's every kid's dream to, to play at Ohio state. And, you know, but then like, you know, the, the second step to that is you want to play well, you know, cause it's, it's one thing to get that Ohio state scholarship and go there and, and great. You get to wear the Jersey, but you don't want to be the guy that goes there and you never play. And you're the guy that didn't deserve the offer or he wasn't good enough for Ohio state. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with an Ohio state offer and, and going there because you don't want to be that guy. Like you don't want to be the guy that, you know, he didn't deserve it or he should have went to your Kent state or nothing against Kent state or anything. But you know, there's, that's a double-edged sword because, as you guys know, Ohio State is it is not for the faint of heart. I mean, mm -hmm. you, know, you lose one game there, man, and it is, people are ready to burn your house down and you know <laughs> <laughs> right. put you in the ground. And I mean, we saw that with Michigan this year. It's like we lose that one game, man, and and they're ready to fire Ryan and they're ready to kill the kids. And and I mean, I 
I actually don't mind that because, you know, if you do win it all, then you're like basically, you know, a, a god for the rest of your life. You're revered. But if you lose one, man, it, it is not for the faint of heart. But again, I, I like that. Like, I actually like the passion. I love the I love the people that support Ohio State football and because, you know, they really care. And there's not many sports left where people really care right. if a team wins or loses. And every win is like life and death because college basketball is not like that. The NFL is not like that. College football is kind of it. So, you know, it's uh, it's fun, and, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Chris, go ahead with your question, buddy. All right, so going back to your playing days at Ohio State, yep. I got to ask, the game of the century. Yeah. What was it like to be on the field for that game? I mean, you guys come out, you're battling an inspired Michigan team. Uh, you know, you come out on top, and that mm-hmm. takes you to the national title. Just kind of talk about that game, if you could, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it was a game that, you know, you look at our schedule, and it was like after we beat, I don't know who you beat in the middle of the season, we beat Iowa, or we beat, we beat somebody that was, like, decent, and then it was just, like, cream puff city for, like, six, seven weeks. It was nothing but Bowling Green and Indiana and Illinois and Northwestern. And, yeah, so we do, like, and we looked at their schedule, and they were playing, like, Ball State and – Antarctica and you know, the Citadel and whatever. So, so it's like, so like, I mean, we knew that like what was coming. Like, it's like you can see the, like the, the volcano lava coming at you from a mile away and you know that it's going to get hot and it's going to be, people are going to be, and you knew it were going to be one versus two because we were already one and they were either three or two. I mean, they were, they were climbing high. They whooped Notre Dame that year. And we knew it was going to be, you know, it was going to be nuts. I mean, we, we were, uh, you know, we had Troy, thank God, because Troy's yeah. the best player in the history of the rivalry. He beat good Michigan teams and put us on his back. But, you know, it was, you know, then Bo dies the day before the game. Yes. So, you know, you throw that layer on it. And, you know, it, it was one of those things where I'm like, I'm like, God, did one of our guys sell their soul and win that one? Is that why we stunk against Florida the next game? Because I was like, we played so great. And then we played like crap. And I was like, I just, I didn't know. Because it like, it kind of, uh, you know, that, that game, you just don't want to lose that game because that was the one that like everyone will always remember. Like they don't all remember the 07 game or the 04 game or the 01 game, but you know when it's like a, a, a an undefeated one versus two game because you know I don't know if we'll ever see that one again. We might, but it's hard because with the SEC they usually have a team in the top two. Yeah, but it was uh you know like like to win it it was just like the greatest relief of all time. Like that was the one feeling I had after we beat Michigan my senior year, which is the next year in 07 was I was just like, thank God I never have to play these guys again. Like, I never, there's no chance I can lose. There's no chance, like, I get to go out with a win right off into the sunset. And, like, that's, because, again, like, it's it's a lot of pressure, man. And, again, like, when you win them all, it's unbelievable. It's a blast. So, um, it just was, it was so fun to win. You know, the, the fan base was so excited. Um, you know, and, again, and, and that was a great Michigan team. Like, you just look at the yeah. the parts that they had. They had Lamar Woodley, who was fantastic. They had Allen Branch. David Harris was, like, a 10-year NFL guy. Leon Hall, uh, Prescott Burgess, Sean Crable. Chad Henney just retired after the Super Bowl yes. with the Chiefs, so yeah. he got a ring. So, I mean, that was, like, a legit Michigan team. It wasn't like some of these turds that they've turned in the last 15 years since then. I mean, they some of these teams they've had have just been awful. And and that team had legit NFL guys that played for long times. And, you know, it was it was a war. And like and you know, and, and their offense was really good. I kept watching them and you know, our defense is really good. And and I mean they were just shredding us on the ground and, yeah. and they were running the ball and they had Jake Long, who's a guy I played with in Miami, yeah. really nice guy. And and they were just good. But it was it was a huge 
beating Michigan is always just a massive relief. Like if there's the best way I can describe it, you obviously have elation and excitement, but relief is like the number one emotion you have, especially when you're a player or a coach. Cause man, it's like, you know, right. Ryan, Ryan day. And these guys have found out the last two years. You don't want to lose that game, man. And I was lucky cause I was, you know, I, I, like the one thing I'm really proud of, you know, is being all American captain, all that. The first guy to start and win four Michigan games, the first one. So I, I started as a freshman, sophomore, junior, and I, and I played well. No sacks allowed, no penalties, graded out high as champion every game. So it's like, you know, you always want to like kind of measure yourself. How well did you play in in that game? Because you know, there's guys that stink it up and they're just kind of carried to the victory. And then there's guys that like really play well. And I. I, I really prided myself on playing hard against Michigan because I was a I was a child of the '90s and I grew up with getting you know my heart broken every November and watching my heroes like Eddie George and Orlando and guys that I talked to and still yeah you know, I, I talked to Orlando all the time now which is hilarious because he was my idol but like I you know I, I watched their hearts get stomped on by Michigan and and I think that that's something that might be missing a little bit from this year's or the the current guys is that they didn't go through the pain that the kids in the early 2000s went through growing up in the 90s you know they didn't go through watching your heroes lose and watching their dreams go up in smoke so i don't know like i i think that like when you go through some some pain and that's something trust talked about and trust is like one of the smartest guys he's like yoda trust literally said uh (laughs) 2001 he's like you know that that o2 team they went through some pain now they had a coach get fired they went seven and five my first year, had to get them to buy in, and then they go 14 and 0. But it's like you know, a little bit of pain that comes with, you know, like you look at that 14 team that Urban had that won the national championship. They lost their last two games in 13, and they got, I mean, they got smacked by Clemson, lost the Big Ten championship, broke the 26 game winning streak or whatever it was. And, you know, there's, you know, sometimes a little bit of pain isn't bad. And I know that like everyone's down, you know, we lost to Michigan, lost to Georgia, but like, you know, again, and I'm not, I'm not all, I'm not for losing games, but, you know, you look at just how history works. Like, you know, a lot of these teams, they go through some some stuff, and then they get to come back and 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 you know, right the wrongs, so to speak. So you know, there there is going to be a meme tomorrow somewhere of Yoda in a sweater vest. That's going to be out there somewhere. Like but, to say but what, one follow up question now. Yeah. Should it have been Ohio State Michigan rematch? I know I know four to one, but should it have been a rematch? For the national title, I I mean I I, I see I think it should have been, but yeah, you know, did I want to play Michigan again? No, you know I was like, let's go play Florida because I don't want to play Michigan again because we already beat them and you know it's hard to beat a team twice, especially when they're going to have all the motivation. Um, you know, but again, the SEC was not the SEC. I mean, people, you know, you got to remember in 04, Auburn went undefeated and they didn't even make the right. national championship game. So if that happened in the SEC today, if they if there were three undefeated teams and one was from one was Oklahoma, one was USC, and then the third was an SEC school. They'd literally burn down the United States. Like the, the South would rise again. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the SEC, I mean, because this is, it just wouldn't happen. So that was kind of like the, I mean, Urban Meyer kind of made the SEC. And then, you know, Saban came in kind of about behind him and at Bama in, in 07. But, you know, Urban's the guy that got that thing cranked up, and then Saban kind of took the torch from him. So, and, and, if, and those who are watching, we appreciate everybody who's watching. If you want to ask Kirk a, a question, we've got a few minutes. Uh, throw your question down in the comments section. We'll, we'll see if we can't slip those in before the end of the show here. But i got to ask you, uh, this is my first opportunity to um, interview someone who is an All-American. And mm-hmm. so i got to know, how are you notified that you are selected? And 
<laughs> What's it like to get a tree in Buckeye Grove? And, and are you there when they plant it? And like, what, what, what's that like, man? You know, it's it's really funny because I I was sitting in my locker and Jim Cordell said, you made the coaches All-American team. And I was like, because back in the day, you had to make one of the four main ones. You had to make right. Walter Camp, AP, coaches, or writers. Because they didn't count the Fox Sports or the ESPN or the SI.com or, you know, Rivals.com. Now they, it's like they count like 70 different ones now. Um, which is fine. But, you know, back then I was like, if you didn't, you could make it all American. Like I made ESPN.com too. And if I only made ESPN, I wouldn't have gotten a tree. But since I made the coaches when I did. So, um, you know, it, obviously it's what everyone's kind of goal is. You know, I mean, I, I was voted a captain and I was an all American and people ask which one I'd rather be. And honestly, I, I'd say an all American because it means that you did your job, you know, and like being a captain is great, but you're, po it just means you're popular and people voted for you. But being an All-American means that you did your job at a high level. And that's that's kind of what you you know you strive to do when you're doing your your thing out there, man. You gotta be the guy everybody looks to, everybody can count on. And it takes a ton of work. It's a lot of pressure. Um, you know, being a captain, again, is a double-edged sword because, you know, if you're not a captain, you can just kind of do your thing, worry about you. When you're a captain, you gotta do all that. Plus, then you gotta lead guys, you gotta galvanize guys, you gotta get guys going. Uh, sometimes you have to be, you know, not every one of my former teammates loves me because I wasn't exactly, you know, the, the kindest, most gentle captain in the world, but sometimes you got to give guys a, a kick if they're not producing at the level or they're not feeling like practicing or going hard. And, and again, that's, I'm fine with that because like, again, I was there to win. I wasn't about hurting or helping people feel good about themselves. Cause you know, sometimes you got to say stuff that's not always popular, but it needs to be said. And that's just part of you know, being a leader and, and it's, it's not always fun. Like there's a lot of people that didn't like Kobe Bryant's team isn't like him. Michael Jordan's team isn't like him. And again, I'm not saying I'm like one of those guys, but it's just kind of what it is when you're a captain. It's not always about just, you know, standing up and going to the coin toss. Like you got to say some stuff to get guys going sometimes. And, and I had James Laurinaitis with me and I had Malcolm. So I had two fantastic captains that were with me that year. And, um, it, it was really good, but I, you know, the trees like it's, it's something you always dream of. I did not, have any idea when they were going to plant it. There's no ceremony. I, I, I mean, I literally just went back and checked like every six months and then they finally planted it. And I was like, <laughs> it's finally wow, in the ground. Okay. And, 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 and a really funny story is that Nick Mangold, who I, he has a tree now. And I, I was walking through the Grove because um, I, I had friends in from out of town before one of the games. So I was showing it to him and I saw Nick Mangold had a tree and I didn't know if he even knew that he had a tree because I don't think he ever made All-American. Um, and now, obviously, you know, he's a Hall of Fame level football player and he should have made All-American. And, you know, sometimes, you know, writers and coaches are just dumb and they don't understand how good of a player is. But Nick being you know, totally deserves a tree. But I was walking through there and I took a photo of it. I texted to him. I was like, did you know you had a tree? And he said, I had no idea I had a tree. So it was like one of the funniest things ever because he didn't even know he had a Buckeye tree. And I was like, yeah, dude, you're like five down from mine. And it's, this is Nick Mangold, 2005. And I was happy for him because Nick's a guy that I played with and he was a great teammate, uh, like one of the best players in Ohio State history, um, had a great NFL career, and he was a great influence on me when I played. But, yeah, that was just like one of those funny things that you know, I think guys always get excited the first time they get to see their tree, though. Yeah, that's, 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 I had no idea. I mean, that's why I had to know. You would <laughs> yeah. think there'd be like a ceremony. They'd bring you back and like, hey, we're planting the tree and here's your plaque. It's just You just show up like later and you're like, oh, there it is.
It's like, there it is. that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Larry Daniels, let's see what he has to say here. He says, uh, were there very talented guys that you really had to push before they would give 100%? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, I don't, always. Go, always. You, I don't, always. Not, not saying you have to say who they were, but there were some guys, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're some of the most talented guys. Are the guys you have to push the hardest, just because they're so talented. Because they don't, they don't have to go as hard because they're just talented. So you got to kind of be kind of a prick towards them, you know. And again, it's it's not for the faint of heart, and it's not always fun. But you know, it's all about optimizing performance of the team. So if you got to light a fire, you light a fire, you know. And again, I I made no bones about it, no apologies. And if it hurt people's feelings. It's fine because we, you know, you got to remember, like when I was a captain, we had to we had to rebuild from that Florida game, which was like a nuclear missile hitting the Woody Hayes facility. So I mean, it was it's low of morale. We lose Ted, lose Troy, Gonzo, my best friend. Like they all leave. So it was a it was a big rebuild. You know, we were picked to be third in the Big Ten. You know, so I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like we were all you know surfing on into preseason number one. Like it was it was a very very hot winter and a very hot summer uh in terms of our strength program and our conditioning and just kind of getting the team uh out of out of that 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 shell shock that we were in so uh before i ask you my final question which is what i ask everybody tell everybody about buckeye scoop where they can find you what you guys do yeah, so BuckeyeScoop.com uh, or an online Ohio State uh, community. Uh, we're one of the largest ones. Uh, we're independent, so we're not affiliated with any sites uh, in terms of like any of the recruiting services. But it's it's really a it's a blast. We have a really high end level of people. Um, we have people from you know, the board of trustees at Ohio State. We have some some really some names that are on our site that I see them in the subscription log, and I'm like, wow. It's, kind of cool they uh they subscribe to the site but uh you know we have bill green who's a long time about 30 years a recruiting analyst uh he really runs uh south florida georgia gets a ton of great information on recruiting uh nevada buck and i we do a lot of inside stuff for the team again uh we, we had a nugget this weekend uh, i got a really good tip on how well jelani thurman uh is doing along with carnell tate through the early workouts because you know you always wonder when these freshmen show up who's homesick, who's grinding, who's killing it. And those two guys are like the, the alphas of the freshman class, which is awesome to hear. Uh, but we get we get all kinds of little inside information. We call it nuggets, which is it's, it's just fun because people love to know what's really going on inside the team. So like that's like what we we strive to get because, you know, people want to know who's the next coach is going to get hired, who's the next coordinator is going to get hired, who's the next uh, who's going to be the next great, you know, offensive tackle? Like we, you know, people all of a sudden are obsessed with offensive tackles because we're losing Paris and Dewan, and everyone's like, "Are we going to have tackles this year?" I'm like, "I think we'll be fine. I really do. I think, uh, you know, we'll we'll gen it up. And if it's Zen and Josh Fryer, then that'll be fine. If it's Donovan Jackson, the left tackle, that'll be fine. But you know, I, I think that you know Justin Fry is a good line coach. But we basically talk Ohio State football every day all day and we also have a podcast uh you can just search for buckeye scoop on any podcast format also on youtube um you know if you guys like the video format the youtube's fantastic uh we do those every day do a lot of live shows uh pretty much every night we're doing a live show um we break down a lot of recruiting film so it's a blast like i love it the board is like a living breathing thing uh the message board is so there's always someone up and 
talking about something. So it's really cool. Like I, I love the community and uh, it's a fun place to be. So if you guys are huge hardcore high state fans, you can't get enough, man. Buckeyescoop.com is your spot because it is a blast to hang out on there. There you go. Check it out, everybody. It's one of my it's one of my stops. I go there. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I actually <laughs> I, I actually go there and check it out and uh and, and get some of what I well we end up talking right from you, Kirk. So appreciate uh, that. All you. right. Last question. This is the one I ask everybody. What does it mean to you to be a buckeye? Man, it's you know, it's kind of something that's given me a lot in my life. It's given me really everything. You know, I, I really um yeah, I've met so many great people uh, through the program, you know, Tress, Urban, uh, you know, obviously my teammates, you know, a, a lot of people that have helped me in business are Ohio State people. Um, yeah, I do. I do sell. Uh, I'm a fleet consultant. I sell fleet trucks for Riker right now. So I actually you know, go around to go to the biggest companies in Columbus, uh, try to help them out with their fleet needs. So we saw a lot of trucks, a lot of vans. You know, Amazon's coming to town. Intel's coming to town. So uh, Rick Riker's one of my best friends. He gave me an, an awesome job. It's a blast to do every day. But, you know, it, it helps. Because, like, when you're a Buckeye, it's, it's easy to talk to people. Um, if you get a little bit of inside scuttle, it never hurts. Because people like to know, hey, you know, what's going on with the quarterback derby? Or are we getting this recruit? Or, you know, whatever. And, and I generally, since that's my, my passion, I, I usually have a pretty good handle on what's going on inside the program. So... Uh, that's it, it just means a lot you know I, I love Ohio State I love uh, everything about it you know I love you know I love playing there I love beating Michigan which is fantastic uh, we're gonna get back to that um, I love my tree and uh, you know it's just the people that are around the, the program and the people that support the program are just so they're so great they're so fun to get to know um, that's one of the joys about doing my podcast and doing live shows is I have usually a couple hundred people show up and they watch it and they they ask great questions and i get to interact with them and and it's kind of the same on the scoop at a much you know a much bigger level because you know i'm i'm always on the scoop so i mean if people need me or they got a question man you can sign up and ask away but i uh i don't know i just i love it i love everything about it um i know it kind of galvanizes the state of ohio because you know otherwise you're split between the browns bengals indians reds uh but everyone's an ohio state fan for the most part so it's um it's fun. Uh, you know, you represent the state. It's the kind of the state team that everybody likes to rep when they leave the state, go on vacation, wherever they like to wear their Ohio State gear, everywhere they go. And that's just kind of what we do. That's what Ohio people do. And Ohio, Ohio people stick together. And uh, that's why I, I love Ohio. Beautiful answer, my man. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much again for joining us here on the OHL podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Um, got to finally get that question answered, Chris, about how do they know that they become all Americans? You would think yeah. it would be so much more exciting than what that was, um, Kirk. Yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, but hey, at least you got a tree. You said you love your tree. Uh, that was, that, that the, was good. The tree is great, man. It's something you're always proud of. So that is that is awesome. I also like the comment you said about uh, playing Alaska uh, for the team up north on their schedule. They oh, played yeah. I, I think they might be playing them again this year, unfortunately. For, so. Probably. It's like with the SEC, the SEC schools do week 11. Oh, they, really? play, uh, they play Antarctica or, you know, Chechnya or somewhere. So, you know. <laughs> oh, my so. gosh. So true. So true. So. All right, guys. It's that time. Thank you so much again, Kirk, for coming on. We appreciate it. Uh, as always, guys, please hit the like, share, subscribe. You know all that good stuff. Really does help us grow as we continue to grow our community here at the OHIO Podcast. Be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carbon Hio with all your heart. Until next time, OH! I owe!
Go Bucks!